I was meant to go on this camping trip by myself for five days, just in the countryside, like outside of London. I got all the stuff for it, got a new tent, got a new sleeping bag, did like a million Amazon shops of getting all the things, like really planning it, because I'm a Virgo, so I'm very organized. Got all the stuff, was like quite looking forward to this trip, but also there was like several nights where I was going to bed and my sort of last thoughts were, I'm gonna kill myself on that camping trip and this is how it's going to happen and I just sort of and then one night it got to the point where I was like oh my god I know that I'm going to do this thing this isn't like just bad thoughts that's my plan there have been plenty of times in my life where I've thought suicidal thoughts and there's been there's been times where I've gone as far as like planning it and writing suicide notes but but not for a long time and this was this felt like if I had gone I think it would have happened and I was two days away from going so this felt the most real of those times so yeah I guess the big the big thing for me that has happened recently is a couple of weeks ago I had to tell my mum that I had quite severe depression and I, me and my mum are close like we we talk about quite a lot of stuff we chat every day and I sort of tell her sometimes like I'm feeling a bit down and I know sometimes she's been worried about me there's been things that have happened in the past been incidents that have sent me into a bit of a downward spiral and I know she's been worried um, but I had always thought for so long that I could manage it. So for a while I worked for a, a meditation and mindfulness company out in Los Angeles and used their tools, so used guided meditation every single day and running every day um, and used various tools to help me. Or you know, Running has always been a big one for me. Also like quitting drinking is something I've done 8,000 times. Drinking more when I feel worse is something I've tried that helps less. Smoking, not smoking, smoking when I'm not drinking, going to bed early, being more sociable, being less sociable, keeping like a regular schedule and regular hours. There's so much, so many things I've tried to put around my life to prevent my head from going into these sort of downward spirals and, and these days where I... Um, feel like life is pointless and I don't want to do it anymore and I don't want to I just I just think it's too hard I don't want to do it I guess the long version of the story is about a year ago I moved back from the States started working in fitness which I thought for sure would cure everything because all I do now is I'm outside every day exercising teaching classes getting people to be fit and healthy and bouncing around 
super active, super sociable all the time. And I thought that would be really helpful and good for me. And some days it is, some days it's brilliant. And other days, the energy that it takes for me to be inspirational and encouraging and motivating and get a room full of 40 people to do a boxing class, to like grime music and flashing lights is just... It's like almost impossible like what, to find that source of energy from somewhere where my head is just like this dense black fog of like self-loathing and nothingness is hard. It's not particularly helpful. That's kind of been this year of trying to manage it in, in this other way of doing fitness all the time, but... It helps sometimes, some days it's just, it's still really bad. And I, I'd been getting to a point where the bad days were outnumbering the good days. So the days where I kind of thought on loop in my head, I'm going to kill myself, this is how I'm going to kill myself, this is when I'm going to kill myself, this is where. That thought process was becoming an almost daily occurrence. And to the point where you start to normalise it, when a day without that in your head is a good day. And it's crazy, like, with anything, this idea of a new normal, where your normal used to be that you just, like, sort of laugh every day and have fun with your friends, and then your new normal is like, well, I didn't kill myself today, I just thought about it, and I only cried, like, four times. I'd been having some blood tests at the doctors because I'd been feeling a bit tired and a bit low and I thought maybe it's a hormonal thing. And I called up the doctors the day after I'd been having this night of, of really horrible thoughts to get my results. And she sort of said, yeah, your hormones are a bit off, but you're fine. And I just burst into tears and I said, but I'm, I'm not fine. I'm having these crazy mood swings. And I'm really down and I'm really tired and it's hard to get out of bed. She said, well, you know, your results just, you know, we'll keep an eye on it, but your hormones are fine. I said, OK, can I come and see you again because there's, there's something else wrong with me? And she just was so, she was like, well, yeah, you can have, an, you know, have to call up, book an appointment. I can't do anything about it today. So, you know, I called the, the GP and they said, yeah, you get an appointment in two weeks. And I just thought, I'm not, I'm not going to be here in two weeks. So in the end, I actually used that as an app called Push Doctor, which is amazing, and you sign up to it, and for 20 quid, you can have a face-to-face consultation with an actual doctor, and I just happened to be connected with the loveliest female doctor in the world. She was wonderful and so kind, and I can't imagine... You know, I pop up on her screen all red and teary and crying and can't even talk properly, and I was like a mess... And I just sort of explained to her, I feel suicidal, I can't stop crying, I need to take something for my head because nothing is working. The things that I'm trying aren't working. And so she said, well, we can give you some antidepressants, you can try them. If you try them, though, you can't go camping for five days by yourself because they might make your head worse before you get better and she said you need to be around people when you start taking them so I said fine I 
went and picked up my prescription and had to call my mum and say, I'm not going camping tomorrow. I'm actually going to come back to your house for a week because I just had this talk with this doctor and my head is really, really bad and really, really dark and I think if I went into the woods something really bad would happen and I need to come home and I need you to keep an eye on me. And it was the hardest conversation I've ever had to have with my mum because I could just hear that it broke her heart and she was so worried. But she was also amazing and said, you know, of course, come home. And I, I just went home for a week. And it's lovely, you know, my mum lives out in the countryside and she got me up every day and we went and walked the dog and she was really good at asking me every day, how are you feeling, how's your head, you all right? And just, just sort of mothering me and babysitting me a bit and making me really good food and and not doing what she normally does, which is make me go to a series of family occasions and events and see everyone and do all the things, because I didn't want to do all the things. And it was great, but that moment of having to admit to her that actually I needed more help than I thought I needed was was the moment that I sort of admitted it to myself. Like, oh, I actually can't fix this by myself. Like, there is something fundamentally wrong with my brain that doesn't relate to the circumstances of my life. I have a great life. I have good friends. I live in London, make decent money, love my job. On paper, I'm fine, and that's part of it that a lot of people don't understand. Like, you're fine, your life is good. You've had some great opportunities and done some great things, but... My head will tell me, you're shit, you don't deserve to be here. And sometimes that voice is louder than all the other ones. It was a really amazing feeling, just... You know, I talked about that idea of, like, new normals and my new normal had gotten so low and then realising, like, I've gone a week without thinking about killing myself or I've gone a couple of weeks without thinking about killing myself but then the sort of shit thing is actually you know I've realised if I, I'm still not particularly kind to myself or I'm drinking a lot and not taking care of myself or you know like something happened recently where I quite liked someone and I think they didn't like me back um, and that made me sad and realising there are still things that can affect me that can bring me pretty low like you know there was this glorious week at the beginning where I was just like I said at home at my mum's house having a nice time and I thought that's it I'm cured I'm never going to feel like that again like I'm taking these magic mad person pills and now I'm better and I'm I'm not totally better I still have to do all the things I was doing before to try and manage it in the meditating in the running and and curbing my drinking and, and being careful and like sometimes being sociable when I don't feel like it and I still have to do all that stuff. This is just an extra on top of that to try and keep me leveled out. So, yeah, those first couple of weeks were great, realising, oh, my God, I can go several days without feeling that bleak. But recently it's just been a bit of a reminder of, oh, that's not... I haven't just solved it. I haven't just fixed it just like that. Otherwise everyone would be on these bloody pills. I had this thing in my head for so long that I could never really talk about it with anyone because... It just made me seem like such a burden. As a family member, as a friend, 
If I told people, it's like, oh God, my depressed friend. She's. That's why I just. I just didn't tell people about it. I didn't do things like, oh mate, can you come over? Because I feel like shit. Because I just thought that no one wants that. No one wants to hang out with their depressed mate. And actually, you know, since I've started telling people about it more, because I mean, essentially, what I had was a bit of a breakdown. You just start to realise, oh no, your your friends just care about you, and your family just care about you, and they just want you to be okay. And actually, you can text them and say, I feel really shit. And you know, it was my birthday on Sunday, and I took it too far. I drank too much tequila. I shouldn't have done it. I had a nice time at first until I didn't. You know, the next day, one of my best friends, Rosie, who was there at the party, said, oh, "Are you okay?" And I said, "You know what? I'm really not. I don't feel okay at all." And she said, "I'll oh, just come around for a barbecue later." And then my other friend, Ilan, messaged me and. You know, I said I was feeling a bit rubbish, and she came round, took me out for lunch, and then, and like people don't mind. Your friends don't mind taking care of you when you feel shit. That's been a massive revelation. <laughs> In general, I feel hopeful. I think, first of all, because I know that medication can help and can work and I always I always actually thought if I started taking medication it would make me like really slow it would make me not able to to work in fitness I feel really good about the fact that I started talking to people about it and that it's made me closer with my friends and family which is again the opposite of what I thought would happen I think I'm not out of the woods as it were like my mental health isn't amazing and probably it never will be and that is something that I just need to actually be quite serious about learning how I manage that and what do I do if it gets really bad again I don't think it's just taking more pills I think it's you know do I need to totally cut alcohol out of my life or do you know do I need to go back to seeing a therapist and I'm definitely doing better and I, I want to keep doing better I want I want to never feel like that ever again you know I just want to have like a nice happy life with a nice wife and a dog in the French Alps like I don't ask for much, you know. <laughs> I just think, like, if one—I know it's hard for you to hear me talking about this stuff—but if like one person can hear this podcast and they can recognise something in it that then makes them take it seriously and makes them do something about it, like for me, there was, you know, there was a series of kind of like articles and things I would read, or conversations that I would have that I think, in the end, culminated in me designed to do something about it and it was that sort of passive breeding and engaging and listening with certain things that made me realize you know I have depression and this is a thing that other people suffer and can be fixed so it's just it, it is quite scary to just talk about it in a microphone so openly but you know if it can even help one person or help someone see something in one of their friends that they realize oh maybe that's what's going on then you know that's that's good